So the Trump-Putin meeting I just referred to is set for 7 p.m. today, our time. Uh, this is after President Trump's visit to Britain, where he was met with one protest after another. The, the timing of his meeting with uh, his Russian counterparts fascinating on a number of levels, not just because of the Russian election meddling scandal in the U.S., but also after President Trump took part in the NATO summit in Brussels last week, causing some disarray among allies over his demand to raise defence fees to 4% of GDP. We can now welcome on the line Professor Garrett Martin from the School of International Service at American University to reflect on this. Uh, Thank you very much for taking the time. Well, my absolute pleasure, Alex. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me on. And it's been a busy period it's always a busy period for President Trump, but uh, lately, um, in terms of jet setting, he's gone from the G7 summit meeting uh, in Canada in June. He had the Singapore summit. He's had the NATO summit. But but I think particularly interesting is maybe comparing the meetings with those NATO nation representatives and those from the G7 uh, meeting uh, and how that might have differed. Well, I, I would say the, you know, if the G7 was a sort of unmitigated disaster in many respects, I think uh, the picture of disruption, of dispute was very striking. Uh, the fact that President Trump backed off from signing a joint statement, which is really normally an outcome to, for a show of unity, and also went on to go on a Twitter rant against uh, his host, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, I don't think the NATO summit quite sunk to those levels, but there were certainly a lot of moments of tension, a lot of moments of discord as well. Uh, I think the fact that um, President Trump, as expected, berated and scolded uh, a lot of his partners over the defense spending, that was expected. But he also added some further peaks towards, for instance, Angela Merkel over the question of gas connections to Russia. So I I think it was not as bad as a G7, but it was still a, a very sort of disruptive summit in many respects, and, and very much departing from the sort of normal practice of previous summits. One of the major problems for other nations was uh, Trump's demand that NATO allies spend 4% of their GDP on defence, whereas, for example, French President Emmanuel Macron reaffirmed that commitment to the previously agreed 2% by 2024. What, what do you think about this discord well i think it, it, it's unhelpful in many respects because first of all i mean emmanuel macron the french president is correct that in 2014 all of the nato member states at the Wales summit had made a pledge to reach that two percent within a 10-year frame so from the perspective of the, the other member states that's an agreement they have made and you know, not all of them on path to achieve that, but certainly there's been a general upswing in defense spending. So for then Donald Trump to sort of throw around this figure of 4% without any forewarning is unhelpful. It's already very difficult, I think, for a lot of the states to get to a 2% level. And it can be ultimately counterproductive because, you know, all of these NATO member states have their own public opinion to deal with. And if they are seen to be bullied by one of their allies, it might make it harder to justify uh, spending the political capital to even get the 2% in the first place. So the, the relations with those NATO allies uh, might be frayed. What about Britain specifically after President Trump visited the UK, uh, had encounters with the Queen, with Prime Minister Theresa May, 
There were criticisms of her Brexit negotiations and then a sort of attempt to backtrack. I mean, even the suggestion during the trip that he wouldn't uh, be so pro a US-Britain free trade deal, which would be a huge blow for Britain. That was supposed to be one of the positive outcomes that would come out of Brexit. No, I mean, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it was already a pretty remarkable moment in Brussels in the sense that with all of President Trump outdid himself with that, in particular the Sun interview. I mean, it was stupendous to wake up, at least you know, in Washington, D.C., Friday morning to read the headlines to see what Trump had said. It seemed to be, in my view, quite an unprecedented meddling in the affairs of a sort of major ally by essentially endorsing one of Theresa May's main rival in Boris Johnson. Uh, it was also, I think, one of you're right to mention, I think, the, the, the line in the interview about, you know, a soft Brexit might kill off any prospects of a, of a trade deal. I mean, that's very consequential because you're right that for the Leave camp, they had made this argument that the UK could negotiate better deals. So I think in many respects, President Trump has, I think, made an already very difficult position for Theresa May even more complicated. You have to wonder, is it going to bring up even more chances that there might be some sort of leadership challenge against her? Uh, I don't think it's complicated Brexit. I mean, Brexit negotiations are already very torturous. That was not going to change. But Theresa May's own position, I think, has definitely been weakened by Trump's sort of behavior. Would it have mattered greatly to President Trump that he faced such fierce opposition on the streets of Britain? Has he just kind of become used to that and thick-skinned within his own country? Or or would that affect his view towards future ties between the two countries? You know, it's quite possible because, I mean, for instance, if you look at the Sun interview, I mean, you have some of the elements of Trump personality being thin-skinned, not sometimes being very happy about being disliked or having negative coverage about him, uh, renewing that petty feud with the mayor of London. So, you know, that could certainly play a role. And I think also these summits, they're all about symbols, but they also convey messages. And the fact that President Trump, I believe, visited 17 other countries before coming to the UK might say something about the fact that the relationship is not quite as special as people might you know, talk about. And that, again, will be a concern for those who are hoping to turn to uh, that special relationship as a, as a source of comfort in the event of Brexit. Um, but um, let's also talk about President Trump's attitude to other countries. He singled out Germany for criticism of the Nord Stream pipeline deal with Russia, claiming effectively that um, while Germany uh, and, and NATO are supposed to be helping the US counterbalance Russian influence, they're, they're feeding Russia by uh, giving them so much money for energy. Yes, I mean, I think the, uh, that was very surprising that he brought up the, the North Stream pipeline. Not that it's not been sort of controversial, but it's supposed to be much more of a sort of intra-European issue. Uh, I, I think it, it's hard to know whether Trump was doing that because he was kind of projecting the own accusations against him about closing up to Russia. It's also possible that there were some sort of commercial motivations in the background because some of the frustration on the American side with this North Stream pipeline deal is a sense that the United States is more than willing and will be very happy to export their own liquid natural gas to Europe. So there's a bit of a sort of commercial rivalry. But I think it's also possible, and again, it's hard to be sure, but it's also possible that President Trump brought that up because he knows it's a divisive issue 
that would put Angela Merkel and Germany in an awkward position. A lot of the Eastern and Central European nations have been very opposed to the Nord Stream pipeline because they feel that it increases the chances that Russia might shut off some of the other pipelines and put pressure on countries like Ukraine and others, as they have done before in the past. So it's also possible that Trump was just kind of needling Germany with an issue that has often caused a problem with its major European partners. What about the meeting then with President Putin later? On on the one hand, you've got this I mean, strange relationship between the two. Sometimes they, they, they've even been viewed as, as being two who could get along quite well. But, uh, but on the other hand, President Trump insists he will bring up claims of election meddling uh, and... That, you know, that he might even get quite tough on him. P- Putin, a man who's uh, gone through four American presidents. Um, are we expecting anything different this time around? I'm Personally, I'm not expecting too much because I think it's, we get understandably focused on the personalities, whether they're compelling or surprising. But I think the differences between the United States and Russia are deep-rooted, they're much more structural, uh, they have very divergent goals on some of the key dossiers, whether it's Ukraine, uh, whether it's Syria, election meddling, or issues in Eastern Europe. So normally you wouldn't expect any major breakthrough from this. Now, again, President Trump is a bit of the wild card. You never quite expect uh, how he's going to behave. Is he going to be sort of charming or confrontational? And we've definitely seen both sides. And he is he has a tendency to sort of come up with sort of surprising decisions. I mean, I... I'm sure you're well aware in South Korea about his sudden concession to North Korea about suspending military exercises. I think that kind of behavior has other NATO member states worried. Is he going to offer a similar kind of unilateral concession without warning or without consulting with his allies? And that could be very detrimental. Yeah, I mean, certainly on the Russia front, there are great concerns, and there should be concerns perhaps in this part of the world. South Korea has had to scramble jets to intercept Russian aircraft in the last couple of days. Um, And we're seeing potential Russian provocations elsewhere, too. It will be fascinating to see how President Trump handles this. Um, And for now, Professor Garrett Martin, thank you for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much.